Today, I would like to talk to you about accessing uh, the power of God uh, for change. Um, praise God. I, I remember years ago, uh, Pastor B.B. Hankins, who is Pastor Mark Hankins' dad, he had a, a plaque on his desk that said, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, flexible as long as I don't have to change. And of course, if it's irony or it's a sarcasm or whatever, but it, it definitely was hilarious, you know, because obviously in order uh, to be flexible, you would have to be willing to change. Isn't that right? And uh, so so change is something uh, that, that we don't just do in our own selves, but change is something that we affect because we are the church. OK, we are the people of God and have the power available to us to bring about change. And if you go all the way back to the beginning, um, when God created Adam, uh, you know, and, and he put him in the earth, uh, he told, he, he gave some instructions to Adam. He said, uh, take dominion of this whole place. So what that meant was there was something outside of the garden that was not uh, necessarily the way God wanted it to be, but he left Adam in charge to regulate and to expand, if you will, the garden influence of of the kingdom. And so, so we know that Adam failed miserably. Jesus Christ came moving the clock forward. Jesus Christ came and he restored back to man our authority. And so our ability to affect change and regulate is back in place, but now we have to do it. So if we don't do it, then the enemy will still come and invade our world. Y'all with me? And uh, so let me give out a scripture just so I don't run out of time and don't get one out. Here we go. <laughs> well, let me say this first. And so, so we, we want to blame, I know, uh, we want to blame uh, 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 the condition of everything on someone else. We want to blame our family members for being stupid. And we want to blame our neighbors for being, you know, ignorant and, and, and inconsiderate. We want to blame our, our city council for why they put a freeway where they did or didn't put one where they should have. We want to blame the mayor. We want to bl- blame the governor. We want to blame, uh, you know, the president, senators. We want to blame uh, the whole world. It's their fault. But it's not my fault. But the scriptures are contrary to that because they say that it is our responsibility as the church to set the temperature of the earth. That we are to put our foot on the back of the devil's neck and keep him where he's supposed to be. In fact, Jesus did all that he did. We just thought about that and considered that and and worshiped for him doing that. And we all, but, but then he sat down. And it says that he sat down until his enemies be made his footstool. And guess what we are? The body of Christ. We are that foot. That's who we are. And so we have the responsibility to take our authority and to regulate in our lives and in the earth. Praise God. Expanding the dominion of God. Now, we've failed that miserably here in the United States of America. Let's just start here right at home. Now, we can make fun of Islam and all kinds of countries that have a lot of mess going on. Look, we got our own little mess going on now because we haven't been paying attention. We just thought, you know, we're just going to live our little lives. We're going to let them do, you know, you guys govern and we'll just live our little lives. No, no, we can never do that. We can never say, you guys go ahead. We have to get involved, roll up our sleeves and go, oh, heck no. 
in our school district. Oh, no. Have you lost your minds? Apparently so. Why? Because we let them. Y'all with me? Is it okay if I just preach? Is it all right? Oh my goodness. What are we doing? I went to a, I went to a, um, First choice banquet, a fundraiser for them. They, they rescue babies. I mean, they have hundreds of babies. They've saved their lives. It's an amazing ministry, uh, that ladies come with unexpected pregnancies and, and, uh, go there. They think they're having abortion because it's his first choice and they're parked right across from the abortion clinic mill. And they, they go in there. They show them their baby. They tell them it's alive. It's your baby. It's alive. God gave it to you. You know, they're, they're rescuing baby after baby after baby. So I went to this, this banquet and I, I'm sitting there and there was a speaker who's been doing this for a long time, fighting the fight for the unborn. Those who can't speak for themselves, he's been fighting this fight. He said they should put over the top of every abortion mill clinic, they should put over the top, allowed by the church. And I was like, ouch, that hurts. Because I wish he was wrong. But it's true. We have sat comfortable in our churches. We have sat comfortable in our lives. And I'm, listen, there's nothing wrong but about living. But we have a responsibility to this earth and to our Lord to take authority. And when things are wrong, when things aren't aligned with him, then we are the ones who regulate. And I tell you what, we've allowed it to get so far. Now they're actually putting us in jail for doing it. But you know what? That's okay. That, that we, many great people have gone before us. Many people in other countries are still being jailed, tortured, burned, everything for the gospel. But if we lose our saltiness, if they don't see the light, then we are in big trouble. And we can say, well, we're then. Well, listen, I'm not willing to just give up my country because it's it. I want it to be so, so strong here in the United States that the gospel is so strong in us that we are telling people about Jesus, that we are telling the truth, regulating and saying no to things that are not right, things that are destroying people, that we come and get involved because we really, if we love them, we're not going to let them destroy themselves. It's like, well, y'all are going to hell in a handbasket. Good luck. <laughs> no, no, we're here to tell them the truth. Stand on behalf of the people who just don't know God. They don't understand it because they don't know him. Sinners do sin because that's what they're comfortable with. They are sinners. I know I was a good one. You know, I used to do it myself. But Jesus pulled me out. But now I got to go back in. Not to go sin or not to do wrong and not to be evil, but to go in and rescue them. Somebody rescued me. So we stand and we go into places, we go into uh, courtrooms, we go into the lawmakers areas, we go into the school district, we go into PTAs, we go into everywhere, we can't just stay home. Years ago, I knew in my neighborhood, I, I knew that if I don't go out of my house, I'm all comfortable, provided for, got food, got stuff, got clothes, my kids are cool, we all good. If I just stay locked in my own home, they will come into my home. 
So I got to get out of my cave. I got to go outside. I got to go across the street. I had a section eight home across the street and, 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 and so many babies daddies represented. The police were over there a lot. And so I'm going to go over there. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to love these little babies. I don't care who their daddy is. I'm going to love these babies. I'm going to work and clean their yards. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Involve the little boys and let them feel important. I said, hey, you help me clean up your yard. If you help me clean this up, I'm going to give you um, some money. He goes, I want no money. I'm like, well, you don't want money. What do you want? He goes, I want a candy bar. I was like, cool, okay. We got some bartering here going on. So you do a good job. I'm going to give you a candy bar. He's like, dude, well, what do we got to do then? And so, so I start helping. He's helping me, you know, start working with these folks and loving them, praying with them to get saved, inviting them to come to church and go next door. An elderly couple, you know, I'm helping him, loving him, loving them and, and working with him. And he said, he's got some spots on his head. He's got this going on. I said, you know what? If I lay hands on that, that'll go away. He pulled his hand. Like I said, I was going to cut it off. I said, okay, no problem. Eventually though, loving them, I brought them to see the passion of the Christ came home with them. And at nighttime, they drank coffee and I had to drink coffee with them at nighttime. I stayed up all night, but anyways, (laughs) end up praying with them to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, that we are the light of the world. And so we are called to, to, to take authority. And, and the way God uses us to do that is through prayer and through action. So I want to, I want to talk to you guys about 2024 that I really believe God is asking of the church to step up in the area of prayer, to pray and to call things out and declare, don't just, don't just sit in front of the news. Listen, I don't recommend watching much news at all, to be honest, but listen, the Bible says, watch and pray. If you're going to watch it, pray. And there are, there are news sources that actually pray. Did you know that? Yeah, the Victory Channel, their news sources, they, they'll talk about different situations and say, let's pray. And I'm thinking, I like that. It's one thing to go, oh my God. You know, another thing to go, let's get after it. Let's take authority over this. Let's just get involved in this. And there's some great movements of prayer going on in the, in, the, in the United States and the world. And so we're excited about that, but we don't want to miss that. We don't want as a church to just be uninvolved in the area of praying and doing. We want to get involved for sure in prayer. And so this week we're doing our, our week of fasting and prayers Tuesday through Friday. I encourage you to come out if you possibly can be here. Uh, we do a live stream it as well. So, but get involved, set your heart to pray, set your heart to pray. Our nation is hanging in the balance just so you know. And, and, and I'm not really, again, I'm not willing to just say, well, we're just giving it up, you know, give it up to just, just do, to be destroyed, you know, not going to do it, not going to do it. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Amen. In first Timothy, we're going to look at that scripture in first Timothy chapter two and uh, verses one and two in the new King James. This is therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, thanks be made for all men. How many men? All, all men. I think, I think we, we know this passage for kings and authority people. We, we know that part, but we don't remember. It means for all men. That means your, your, your ugly neighbor who just is, is so bitter, so mean and so weird. And you know, <laughs> that's who we want to pray for. Isn't that right? We got to get after it and, and say, Lord God, just help them. Help them. God, help them turn their heart towards you. Open a door for me to talk to them about you. 
and begin to work with that person. That we've just, we've become such a closed society and we think we're so social because of social media, but we, we can't stand in front of a human and talk. Person with skin on talk. You know, it just seems so hard for us now. I don't know what's going on. And you'll see, you'll see people, a family at a table, everyone on their phone. And they don't talk to each other, let alone the person next to them on the other table. But me, I, man, if I sit down somewhere to eat, I'm, I mean, not 100%, but a lot of the times I'm looking around saying, okay, who is it? Who is it that I'm going to talk to? For sure, the, the person who's waiting on me, they're serving me. And so why wouldn't I not say, hey, do you know Jesus? You know, and pray for them. A lot of times I've prayed with waitresses and waiters to get filled with the Holy Ghost right there in the restaurant. Yeah, the Holy Ghost. Freak everybody out. Yes, it's a sign to the unbeliever. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, I just, I just, you know, people say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And I said, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? They're like, they're like the people in, in the book of Acts. They said, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. And I want to say just like, and then what, then were you baptized? He, they said at that time, they said in John's baptism. And he said, well, John said, and he baptized them in the name of Jesus. And then he got them filled with the Holy Ghost. So we got a lot going on, don't we? But we have to be in prayer. And bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray over your food in the face of all of the stuff going on. Don't you be ashamed of your relationship with God. Well, I don't want anybody to misunderstand. Misunderstand what? What is it that you think they're going to think about you? That you're a Christian? <laughs> Dear Lord, well, you got to take off your camouflage. Put yourself out there. You know what I'm saying? No, I just, I will bow my heads. And if the devil says, now they're looking at you, I'm going to like, you know what? I know they're looking at me. Now I'm going to pray longer. I'll stay down there until he shuts up. I pray for every single one of these people in this restaurant. I was just praying for my waiter. Now I'm going to get everybody. You keep talking. I'm going to stand up on the table. We are the light of the world, but we want to pray. We want to access heaven. Uh, Wesley said this, he said, it, it, it is, God is limited in that he can do nothing unless someone asks him. And we think, well, God's just doing everything. He's doing whatever he wants. Look, if he was doing whatever he wants, the whole place would look different. I promise you. In fact, when they asked, show us, teach us how to pray, Lord. He said, well, you're going to pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Right? We know our father who art in heaven. So we worship get in the presence. We get in the throne through worship, right? Then thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? That we are the, the control factor of what the earth looks like bringing heaven into earth. Heaven's atmosphere, heaven's activities, heaven's righteousness. We are bringing that into the earth by expressing, Father, (laughs) you are God. Nothing is impossible for you. I worship you. And now, Lord, bring that stuff here into my community. Bring it into this restaurant right here. Bring it into Starbucks. Bring it into my experience. Bring it into this theater. Bring it into whatever situation and circumstance of life that you're in. Bring it onto my job. 
bring it into my neighborhood. I call this heaven's neighborhood. I call my apartment complex saved. I call my condominium uh, group and family and, and uh, what, is it, what is it called? The uh, HOA, yeah. What are those communities? Yeah, well, there's several different names, I guess, huh? But that's what happened, I guess, in that uh, community, that one of those communities is that the pastor was killed. And so to me, I drive through my community. I plead the blood of Jesus over this community. I'm going to go over there, by the way. I'm going to go over there. I saw where he's from. I'm like, I'm going over there. That's my neighborhood. I'm going over there. I'm going to stand right there and preach the gospel to that demon. I command you to leave this woman in the name of Jesus. Now she's in jail, but there's a woman and she's in jail. I'm pleading the blood. The demons are, are operating. I'm, we're not going to allow that. And say, well, that's North Las Vegas. I live in North Las Vegas. That's my city. I take it personal that a demon operated illegally in my city, in my neighborhood. We're talking within two miles of my home, you know, probably a mile and a half. I'm not going to put up with this. So I'm get everybody else saved in that neighborhood. Look, I'm going to use it. I was like, look, man, you could be next. You, you, you know where you go? Praise the Lord. Yeah. You woke up this morning, tied your shoes tonight. It could be someone else tying your shoes. Are you ready to go? Everything's an opportunity. But we're taking authority over those demons. The spirit of murder. Spirit of murder. That's what that is. We have to take authority. And, and what's interesting is, you know, the we don't have uh, in our normal communities, we don't have a lot of that stuff necessarily going on. You go to other countries, you can cut it with a knife. That darkness, that evil. So it's something you push back. It's something you move and take ground. But we do that through prayer. And it doesn't matter what the community looks like. We just have to get started. Y'all with me? Praise the Lord. And there's just different demons in rich communities. Different demons. And they still got murder going on. And it looks different. And they're like, oh, you know, so not. Look, no, if we don't pray for them, they'll have the same junk. Same junk. So we need to access heaven. We need to set our foot on the devil's neck. We need to make him our footstool. And begin to come together corporately. The Bible says that one puts a thousand to fly. Two puts 10,000 to fly. If any two agree is touching anything on this earth, it shall be done for us of our father in heaven. So we have this amazing power accessible to us. I appreciate and grateful for those who pray, by the way. Thank you for praying for us as pastors. Thank you for uh, lifting up your church body. Thank you so much. We covet your prayers to be effective. We need you to call out our names and, and cry out to God. I can't do this by myself. Pastor can't do this by himself. Our staff cannot do this by themselves. We need you to come into agreement with us to be able to take our city for the kingdom of God and, and to preach. When I stand up here, I don't preach at my own charges. I preach because somebody prayed. Somebody this morning prayed. Somebody last night prayed. Somebody this past 
last week prayed, somebody called on heaven and it, it gave access for the glory of God to move into this room and bring about the change in your life that you need in order to be the victorious man or woman of God that you need to be and to help affect your children, to help affect your family, to help uh, bring about God's highest and best for your life. I'm telling you, it just doesn't happen because of the cosmos came into agreement and boom, I don't care what they say. Listen, true science, true scientists are coming to God in the droves. I'm talking about true science. The more they learn, guess what? The more they see God. Because what may be known of God is clearly made manifest by that which is created. Those guys are in the business, the honest ones, are in the business of examining, observing. That's what science is, is observation. Listen, you observe creation, you run right into God every single time. And they, they, they see phenomenons, they th- see things they cannot explain, and they realize there is a God. They get born again, they're coming in, and listen, if they don't uh, necessarily believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, they at least know that there is a creator who did this, because there's no other explanation. I'm telling you, I'm serious, they're coming in the droves. And they, they built this great big, I don't know why I'm talking about this, this great big quantum tunnel in France. And they, they satanic group came. They thought they were opening a portal to hell. But guess what? They have discovered things about atoms and about those things. There's, there's substance that, and things of nature they cannot explain. And they just keep running into God and it just irritates the life out of them. One particular man, uh, I don't think he's an atheist anymore. His name was Robert Jastrow. He said, it's given to the scientists uh, the, the burden of, of, of study, of ignorance. And, and when they f- climb the final peak, they say that, that they find theologians who've been sitting there for years. Because the Bible said so. Isn't that amazing? We've gone from uh, the atom and protons and neutrons uh, to to a, a quirk to the God particle to now they have found a substance. When observed, you can change it, not just in the moment, but its existence. This is just far beyond us even be able to get on our heads right now. Do you understand? So God speaks those things that. Isn't that amazing? Can you change your condition? Is, is, is your condition the final answer? Nope. Why? Because you can do what God did and you look, oh, it's dark. Guess what I'm going to say? Light. Boom. Changes this whole existence from its beginning to now. This is science. They're running into God. Now the liars, they run into it and don't want to admit it. Why? Because everything they're teaching in our colleges is wrong now. I mean, physics, everything. Because of what they have discovered. Listen, we have the greatest and most wonderful truth. We have it. I am not afraid. I do not have to explain anything because I have the truth. When you are a liar, you have to remember what you said. And if you're trying to propagate lies, you spend your whole time running around trying to prove it. But when we have the truth, hmm, the 
proof of the puddings and the eating. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-mm-mm. Woo! So I don't have to worry about stuff. I just speak the truth in love and, and just let God do his stuff. And so I'm talking about getting involved, getting in, pressing in every day, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith and talking to him. Listen, you have been invited by the creator of all things, the omnipresent, all powerful, all knowing God. He's beckoned you to come call upon me and I will answer you. God says he will talk to us. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. He'll talk to you. He loves you so much. He gets so excited when you come to him. He, you know, the devil wants you to believe he's angry, mad, just wants to pop you, you know? But that's not your God. That's not your father. He is a loving father. Yeah, we, and our hearts cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. We in his lap and talk about the greatness of, of, of the things that he's done, and we give him glory and praise for it. But then we say, Lord, you know, I've got a situation. I've had a situation. I need change here. I said, I need your wisdom for this. And he may just tell you, just don't even think about that anymore. Don't even think about it. You, you promised me you won't think about that anymore. I said, okay, Lord, by your grace, I won't think about that anymore. I'm just giving that over to you. He said, that's what I wanted you to do the whole time. But because you wouldn't let it go, I, I couldn't move on it. Am I talking to somebody in this room? I don't know who that is. That child... That person, that situation on your job keeps you awake at night. You just have to give that to the Lord. Give your spouse to the Lord. Give your situation to the Lord. And you've gotten so accustomed uh, to, to being oppressed over your situation of life and situation of life uh, that you just, that's all you think of. You have be embodied it. You have received it and become that. But listen, you need to turn all that over to God and commit it to prayer. And they wrote a song. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Right? Oh, but needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for those who pray. I'm grateful for those who pray. Anybody who says I'm praying for you, I'm like, thank you so much. I know I can't do this without you doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Rose, we had just a great move of God Wednesday night, you know, and she, she came, she was uh, doing pre-service prayer Wednesday night. And, and she said, man, everything you were saying, Pastor Andy, or much of what you were saying, uh, we got in prayer. So you get plugged into that realm and that, that, that you start hearing and knowing and walking differently. And it's amazing when you start realizing, oh my goodness, I was hearing God, what God wanted to do. And then it came and it manifested. Man, I, I want to be in tune. I want to know. Praise the Lord. And Jesus, you know, he walked like that. Told people, I saw you. I was like, what do you mean you saw me? In the spirit. Hallelujah, you start functioning that way. Praise the Lord. And mothers have this intuition for their children. God uses that intuition by ministering to your heart. And, and you realize things about your kids, you know. I always thought my mom, she is very hooked up. 
you know, I, I, I got busted for drugs when I was in high school. I was a student body president of my high school and got busted for smoking weed in the parking lot. Yeah. And my slogan was there's that, that, uh, you know, vote for uh, my last name is Visser vote for Visine Visser. Now you think about how stupid that is. And I won landslide hands down. Then I get busted for drugs. Duh. You know, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. I was no more qualified than Mr. Magoo. You know, I tell you just unqualified to be a leader because of my lifestyle. Bet didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter. I was supposed to be leading that, that high school to God because of the call in my life, but I was leading them to hell instead. So when I got born again, you can imagine that I committed to live the rest of my life, helping teenagers not get stuck on stupid, but someone prayed me into the kingdom. Somebody prayed me in because I became dissatisfied with this world and living my life like I was living. God has a great plan for every human being. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your loved ones, your relatives. Don't give up on, on your neighbors. Don't give up on anyone because we are to pray for all men. To give them access to God. And when I had access, I just realized, you know what? This isn't fun. I'm not having fun. And God will take that away from people that they're, you know, because there's joy in, or pleasure in sin for what? A season, right? So we're not telling you that sin isn't fun. I mean, it does have a, a fun, but it has an expiration date. Fun, you know, gets over after a while. And so what happened is I realized, you know what? If this is all that life is, then I don't know why I'm doing this. If all I'm supposed to do, listen, I mean, take the drugs and alcohol and the partying and girls and all that aside, move that aside. And I thought, is this all life is? Is to work, eat, pay your bills, make a baby, start the process over, raise them up, send them to college, Air Force, somewhere. And they get to do that all over again. I was, that I don't think, there has to be more to this. So I wept, I literally cried, wept and said, God, if you're real, I need to know. Now I'm religious at the time. I did not miss church. I was raised Catholic. So I, I was at church every single Sunday. Smoking weed, partying, did not miss Sunday morning. Cried out to God. And that next Monday at work, a Christian came up to me and said, here's where God is in your life. And here is where he wants to be. He wants to be your friend. And I'm like, Shh, sign me up. That's what I'll do. I'll give my, the throne of my life to, to God. Let him have it. Well, how did that happen? Somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. Prayed me out of stupid into the kingdom of God. Prayed me out of being religious into being a child of God. A lot of people in church, they think they're okay because they're showing up to an address. But listen, God wants you to be more than that. 
not just a churchgoer, but a kingdom mover. Someone who heaven knows. And when you walk into a place, demons tremble. That when you wake up, they're, they're on assignment. You wake up and they're like, she is awake. Shaking the very foundations of this world. So I left uh, uh, being a cooperative uh, demon manager to being a, a child of God that was sold out and just wrecked for God's kingdom. I'm just like, God, whatever you want me to be, I don't even care. I just want to serve you. I want to please you. And as Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Leaving things behind. And God dealt with me about different things that I had going on in my life, habits and such. And, and those things were peeled off until um, I was free from those things and don't think about those things anymore at all. And it's to God be the glory, but someone prayed. And then Pastor David came and I was able to, to be underneath his covering. See, there's a covering and there's a protection under a ministry. And you want to know that that ministry is right. You understand? We protect the pulpit. We protect those people that serve because why we're protecting you. Listen, the pews have enough problems of their own. They don't need it coming at them from the pulpit. Because I don't listen. I don't just minister uh, what I know. I minister what I am. And that's true for anyone. Singer. That's why we should guard our, our ears and guard our hearts and guard our eyes. Because because we don't know who it is that's singing or ministering to us. And so that's what we want. I know Pastor David uh, and Pastor Vicky, they're right with God. They're integrous. They're righteous. They're doing it and their hearts are for you. They've laid their lives down for you. And, and therefore, I've had this covering. So I can't just say, well, I've done this because I'm cool, man. I'm all like that. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not how it works. But we've had a great covering here. A great group of men and women of God who've joined up. And now there's more than just them. It's just this great, big, strong place and you are being called up into that place step up and take your place we need your voice we need your faith we need your heart you're invaluable you're important your children need you to be in your place and people say wow you really raised some great young men i know i'm like i wish i could take credit for it I just served God. That's all I knew to do was serve God. Guarded them the way I knew to guard them. And kept out from their lives the things I thought I needed to keep out. Until they were grown and able to keep them out themselves. Don't get me wrong. I'm a youth pastor. I said to, said to my, my son, I said, I know he's in our youth ministry. But you lose that number and don't you answer that phone call. You cannot have that boy in your life anymore. He can't come over here. He can't stay here. And you and not going over there. Because why? I was a guardian for him. I have a responsibility to the other boy. He's in my youth ministry. But my first responsibility is, my, is to my own. And, and I think that's where I think we fail. We think that we need to let them hang out with whoever. Listen, we don't have an obligation to let our kids hang out with nobody. You say, well, if you hold them too tight, they're going to run off. Well, listen, I'm going to hold them in any way God directs me to hold them. And we're responsible for our kids. And that would include praying. I said, God, turn their hearts whichever way you will. 
Make them always tender towards you, Lord. Because if they're tender towards God, they'll be tender towards you and they will submit to authority if you are submitted to authority. You want to act any old kind of way and expect your kids to be different. Lord Jesus, how do we get here? I've got to find a different note. That boy's so rebellious. I'm like, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We don't know why he's so rebellious. She's so rebellious. Praise the Lord. So we don't need to just pray. We need to obey. Obey. Show our children what it looks like to submit ourselves to God. And to submit ourselves to authorities. Yield ourselves to authorities. Because if nobody can tell you what to do. And you expect your children to be different than you. It's probably not going to happen. Y'all with me? Yeah. There's things that children say and do that would have never crossed my mind. Not without being unconscious. It makes scares me when they do it. The kids will say something I'm like, ooh, I think my mama's going to raise from the dead. Pimp slapped me because I heard it. You know, I was like, I, I, I don't think that way, mama. I don't. Interesting days. I, I did a funeral. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking so much time. But I did a funeral yesterday. And, and uh, it was an interesting funeral. Because uh, uh, one child after another child. And grandchild. And great grandchild. And great grandchild. Anyway, anyway, they're all talking about grandpa. Papa. Who whooped them. It was so refreshing. <laughs> whooped them. Not, not just continuously, but if they got out of line. You know what I'm saying? And, but you see um, blessing in, in the whole, as a whole. And there wasn't a lot of uh, funny, weird stuff going on. You know, you see challenges usually in any family. There's the black sheep and so on. Wasn't a lot of it, though. Why? Because uh, somebody applied the Bible. That rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And so, so the Bible says they may bruise, but they won't die. And you save their soul from hell. Praise the Lord. Uh, and my mama had a long one. It's like a, almost like just short of a two by four, but it was about like this. And hung it on the wall. And it talked to me all the time. She hung it on the wall for all to see, like judgment, you know? And if, and, and if she couldn't get to it, she had a broom all the time, all the time. Always sweeping, always clean. And man, she could step into it and swing. She, it was like she was trained by <laughs> Willie Mays or somebody. I don't know. Just Anyway, so, so, so uh, the board of correction applied to the seed of learning. I was hearing over and over in, from this family. And I realized that, that there's a lot of financial blessing that came from that instruction in this family. It permeating the family. Uh, because if you honor your father and mother, it will be well with you. That's wealth. And you will live long on the earth. That's health. So that instruction from the Lord 
um, is, is what will sustain you, that you honored your father and your mother, and it goes outside your home to honor authorities.